0: part two section twenty of swan's way by marcel proust translated by c k scott moncrief eighteen eighty nine to nineteen thirty this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine part two combray section twenty all day long during these walks i had been able to muse upon the pleasure that there would be in the friendship of the duchesse de Guémont, in fishing for trout in drifting by myself in a boat on the Vivonne, and greedy for happiness i asked nothing more from life in such moments than that it should consist always of a series of joyous afternoons but when on our way home i had caught sight of a farm on the left of the road at some distance from two other farms which were themselves close together and from which to return to Combray we need only turn down an avenue of oaks bordered on one side by a series of orchard closes each one planted at regular intervals with apple-trees which cast upon the ground when they were lighted by the setting sun the japanese stencil of their shadows then sharply my heart would begin to beat i would know that in half an hour we should be at home and that there as was the rule on days when we had taken the guermantes way and dinner was in consequence served later than usual i should be sent to bed as soon as i had swallowed my soup so that my mother kept at table just as though there had been company to dinner would not come upstairs to say good-night to me in bed the zone of melancholy which i then entered was totally distinct from that other zone in which i had been bounding for joy a moment earlier just as sometimes in the sky a band of pink is separated as though by a line invisibly ruled from a band of green or black you may see a bird flying across the pink it draws near the borderline touches it enters and is lost upon the black the longings by which i had just now been absorbed to go to guermantes to travel to live a life of happiness i was now so remote from them that their fulfilment would have afforded me no pleasure how readily would i have sacrificed them all just to be able to cry all night long in the arms of mamma shuddering with emotion i could not take my agonized eyes from my mother's face which was not to appear that evening in the bedroom where i could see myself already lying in imagination and wished only that i were lying dead and this state would persist until the morrow when the rays of morning leaning their bars of light as the gardener might lean his ladder against the wall overgrown with nasturtiums which clambered up it as far as my window-sill i would leap out of bed to run down at once into the garden with no thought of the fact that evening must return and with it the hour when i must leave my mother and so it was from the guermantes way that i learned to distinguish between these states which reigned alternately in my mind during certain periods going so far as to divide every day between them each one returning to dispossess the other with the regularity of a fever and ague, contiguous and yet so foreign to one another, so devoid of means of communication, that I could no longer understand or even picture to myself in one state what I had desired or dreaded or even done in the other. So the Meseglise way and the Guermont way remained for me linked with many of the little incidents of that one of all the diverse lives along whose parallel lines we are moved which is the most abundant in sudden reverses of fortune the richest in episodes i mean the life of the mind doubtless it makes in us an imperceptible progress and the truths which have changed for us its meaning and its aspect which have opened new paths before our feet we had for long been preparing for their discovery but that preparation was unconscious and for us those truths date only from the day, from the minute when they became apparent. The flowers which played then among the grass, the water which rippled past in the sunshine, the whole landscape which served as environment to their apparition, lingers around the memory of them still with its unconscious or unheeding air. And certainly when they were slowly scrutinized by this humble passer-by, by this dreaming child, as the face of a king is scrutinized by a petitioner lost in the crowd. That scrap of nature, that corner of a garden, could never suppose that it would be thanks to him that they would be elected to survive in all their most ephemeral details. And yet the scent of hawthorn which strays plundering along the hedge from which in a little while the dog-roses will have banished it, a sound of footsteps followed by no echo, upon a gravel path, a bubble formed at the side of a water-plant by the current and formed only to burst my exaltation of mind has borne them with it and has succeeded in making them traverse all these successive years while all around them the one trodden ways have vanished while those who throng those ways and even the memory of those who throng those trodden ways are dead sometimes the fragment of landscape thus transported into the present will detach itself in such isolation from all associations that it floats uncertainly upon my mind like a flowering isle of delos and i am unable to say from what place from what time perhaps quite simply from which of my dreams it comes but it is pre-eminently as the deepest layer of my mental soil as firm sights on which i still may build that i regard the mesglise and guermantes way it is because i used to think of certain things of certain people while i was roaming along them that the things the people which they taught me to know and these alone i still take seriously still give me joy whether it be that the faith which creates has ceased to exist in me or that reality will take shape in the memory alone the flowers that people show me nowadays for the first time never seem to me to be true flowers the mesiglise way with its lilacs its hawthorns its cornflowers its poppies its apple-trees the guermantes way with its river full of tadpoles its water-lilies and its buttercups have constituted for me for all time the picture of the land in which i fain would pass my life in which my only requirements are that i may go out fishing drift idly in a boat see the ruins of a gothic fortress in the grass and find hidden among the cornfields as saint andre de champ lay hidden an old church monumental rustic and yellow like a millstone and the cornflowers the hawthorns the apple-trees which i may happen when i go walking to encounter in the fields because they are situated at the same depth on the level of my past life at once establish contact with my heart and yet because there is an element of individuality in places when i am seized with a desire to see again the Guermantes way it would not be satisfied were i led to the banks of a river in which were lilies as fair or even fairer than those in the vivant any more than on my return home in the evening at the hour when there awakened in me that anguish which later on in life transfers itself to the passion of love and may even become its inseparable companion. I should have wished for any strange mother to come in and say good-night to me, though she were far more beautiful and more intelligent than my own. No, just as the one thing necessary to send me to sleep contented in that untroubled peace which no mistress in later years has ever been able to give me, since one has doubts of them at the moment when one believes in them and never can possess their hearts, as I used to receive in her kiss the heart of my mother complete, without scruple or reservation, unburdened by any liability save to myself, was that it should be my mother who came, that she should incline towards me that face on which there was, beneath her eye, something that was, it appears, a blemish, and which I loved as much as all the rest. So what I want to see again is that Guermantes way as I knew it, with the farm that stood a little apart from the two neighboring farms pressed so close together at the entrance to the oak avenue, those meadows upon whose surface, when it is polished by the sun to the mirroring radiance of a lake, are outlined the leaves of the apple trees. That whole landscape, whose individuality sometimes at night, in my dreams, binds me with a power that is almost fantastic, of which I can discover no trace when I awake no doubt by virtue of having permanently and indissolubly combined in me groups of different impressions for no reason save that they had made me feel several separate things at the same time the mesglises and guermantes ways left me exposed in later life to much disillusionment and even to many mistakes for often i have wished to see a person again without realizing that it was simply because that person recalled to me a hedge of hawthorns in blossom and i have been led to believe and to make someone else believe in an aftermath of affection by what was no more than an inclination to travel but by the same qualities and by their persistence in those of my impressions to-day to which they can find an attachment the two ways give to those impressions a foundation depth a dimension lacking from the rest they invest them too with a charm a significance which is for me alone when on a summer evening the resounding sky growls like a tawny lion and every one is complaining of the storm it is along the meziglis way that my fancy strays alone in ecstasy inhaling through the noise of falling rain the odour of invisible and persistent lilac trees and so i would often lie until morning dreaming of the old days at combray of my melancholy and wakeful evenings there of other days besides the memory of which had been more lately restored to me by the taste by what would have been called at combray the perfume of a cup of tea and by an association of memories of a story which many years after i had left the little place had been told me of a love affair in which swann had been involved before i was born With that accuracy of detail which it is easier often to obtain when we are studying the lives of people who have been dead for centuries than when we are trying to chronicle those of our own most intimate friends an accuracy which it seems as impossible to attain as it seemed impossible to speak from one town to another before we learned of the contrivance by which that impossibility has been overcome all these memories following one after another were condensed into a single substance but had not so far coalesced that i could not discern between the three strata between my oldest my instinctive memories those others inspired more recently by a taste or perfume and those which were actually the memories of another from whom i had acquired them at second hand no fissures indeed no geological faults but at least those veins those streaks of colour which in certain rocks and certain marbles point to differences of origin age and formation it is true that when morning drew near i would long have settled the brief uncertainty of my waking dream i would know in what room i was actually lying would have reconstructed it round about me in the darkness and fixing my orientation by memory alone or with the assistance of a feeble glimmer of light at the foot of which i placed the curtains in the window would have reconstructed it complete and with its furniture as an architect and an upholsterer might do working upon an original discarded plan of the doors and windows would have replaced the mirrors and set the chest of drawers on its accustomed site. but scarcely had daylight itself and no longer the gleam from a last dying ember on a brass curtain rod which i had mistaken for daylight traced across the darkness as with a stroke of chalk across a blackboard its first white correcting ray when the window with its curtains would leave the frame of the doorway in which i had erroneously placed it while to make room for it the writing-table which my memory had clumsily fixed where the window ought to be would hurry off at full speed thrusting before it the mantelpiece and sweeping aside the wall of the passage the well of the courtyard would be enthroned on the spot where a moment earlier my dressing-room had lain, and the dwelling-place which I had built up for myself in the darkness would have gone to join all those other dwellings of which I had caught glimpses from the whirlpool of awakening, put to flight by that pale sign traced above my window-curtains by the uplifted forefinger of day. End of Combray Part 2 of Swan's Way Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine